post to History of the Arabs. Since the Prophet was an Arab and born amongst them, it is important to familiarize oneself with the Arabia of 1,400 years ago. There are three Arab tribe categories. The first one, the perishing Arabs. These ancient Arabs, very little is known about them. They include Ad, the people of Prophet Hud, and Thamud, the people of Prophet Saleh. Secondly, there are the pure Arabs. They are also known as Qahtanian Arabs. And lastly, are the Arabized Arabs. They are from the progeny of Prophet Ismail, who learned Arabic from the Juhum tribe that had settled in Mecca. Prophet Muhammad وسلم, was a descendant of Prophet Ismail and there was no other prophet between them from that lineage. As all the other prophets were descendants of Prophet Ishaq there were many tribes and sub-tribes from each of these. The Prophet وسلم, said, Allah selected Ismail from the sons of Ibrahim, he chose Kinana from the sons of Ismail, he chose Quraysh from the sons of Kinana, he chose Hashim from the sons of Quraysh, and he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, chose me from the sons of Hashim, from Sahih Muslim. We know the lineage of our Prophet وسلم, to his 21st forefather, Adnan. There is no difference among the scholars on this. Rather, the disagreement and speculation begins on how many people are between Adnan and Prophet Ismail. Some lessons we can take from this. One of the things that the perishing Arabs remind us of is the dark and uncomfortable reality that most people will be forgotten after their death by about 50 years. Everything you ever cared for, everything you ever knew, and everything you ever worried over. None of it will eventually matter as your name will be forgotten and no longer spoken by your descendants. Consider how the history of perishing Arabs is mostly lost to us, except those that left behind a legacy. This legacy may be bad and an example to avoid, such as Ad or Thamud, or it may be an example to emulate and take as role models, such as the companions. The Prophet ﷺ said, The final hour comes while you have a palm seedling in your hand. If it is possible to plant it before the hour begins, you should plant it. This is taken from Sahih Ahmad and Bukhari in Adab Mufrad. This hadith highlights the urgency of rushing to plant good deeds for ourselves because perhaps this one seedling may be the act that saves us from hellfire. Have we left behind anything for our deeds to continue accumulating even after our names are forgotten? Let us begin by seeking knowledge and passing it on. So from the story of Prophet Ismail we learn that a non-Arab such as himself can learn Arabic and should never give up, especially when it's not one's native language. Many scholars in our tradition were of non-Arab backgrounds, yet they mastered Arabic and heavily contributed to our tradition. Famous examples of non-Arabs include Imam Bukhari and Imam Abu Hanifa. May Allah have mercy on both of them. In fact, the undisputed greatest scholar of Arabic grammar and the one who laid the foundations of Tajweed and the one whose interpretations are frequently mentioned in books of Tafsir was also a non-Arab called Sibawih. 
So what excuse do we have for letting our non-Arab origins get in the way of learning the language of Allah's book? Of course, we will never reach their heights in Arabic, but we can strive to be the best we can. The primary reason for this is to understand the Quran, Sunnah, and the extensive literature left behind by our scholars. Unfortunately, today there's a rise in people speaking on fiqh matters without having a deep understanding of Arabic. And this is prohibited by virtually all scholars of usul al-fiqh from al-Shatibi to al-Ghazali to al-Shaqani to al-Qarafi to Imam al-Shafi'i. May Allah allow us to impact those around us beneficially such that our good deeds accumulate even after our death. May he grant us the motivation and drive to study the language of his religion. Amin.